Welcome to the Pida Vapisar podcast. I'm your host, Billy Hoosh. We just came back from a bit of a break since Baba was recovering from his dental extractions. Hopefully now you'll be able to hear him a little bit better with his new set of teeth. We're continuing off our story. At this point, I have returned from Japan to Canada and we're starting the Pedava Pesar YouTube videos. This will also lead to me returning to school as an adult and how Baba ended up coming back from Port Hope to Grimsby. Okay, we're back. Baba, how do you like your new chompers? Are you is things starting to slowly come back? You're able to uh, what level of food are you able to chew at this point? Just now when I came I had uh, for first time some, you know, noodle or macaroni, just macaroni. No meat I cannot. You still are not at meat. Yeah, I cannot still chew. S- Still many, many more weeks before you can yes. have corn on the cob. I think that's the ultimate test of your new teeth. I had no patience yesterday. <laughs> I cut with a knife uh, corn and tried to swallow it because I love corn. Like a snake, you're swallowing yes, stuff. Yes, I swallow. But uh, I cannot taste the food, you know, like before. Well, they didn't no. remove your tongue, did they? No, no. But they, you know, bottom of the, my mouth, they put the plastic and, and that same thing. That helped to test too. I read about, I, uh, you know, I read about, uh, means see the YouTube, everything. You watched a bunch of the yeah, internet. Yeah, a bunch of, <laughs> holy God, funny, everything. But I know all about I can hear you a little bit more clearly. That's good. I, I feel in that. Yeah. Sometimes I can hear, maybe you didn't glue it in very well, because sometimes I do hear the, the chatter, like the, yeah, like the that's, skeleton bones. That's still, that's chewing is not, I cannot chew. But for the uh, nice and beautiful, that's for the show off is good. You like I'm what it looks like. That's yeah. good. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah good. It, I can definitely tell from the sh- form of your mouth because your lips and your jaw isn't sunken in like before, even yeah. with those partials you had. Yeah. Your, your, your face looks a lot better now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I didn't think they could improve perfection, but apparently they can with new dentures. Yeah. Today, my son, my brother, I talk, he, he did the same thing, same time. He changed both up and down, and he's dentist. He's uh, some kind of denture maker. He told me, don't worry, he's, uh, he's not the uh, same with the original, but he's um, become better. It takes time, yeah, right? Take at least two months. Because I remember what the dentist was saying that you have to come back in a in in six, six months, months, I believe, yeah, six yeah. months to get a realignment. I don't know. He he told me if you are uh, what they call uh, insurance. I tell all the insurance come two months and they do it. But we, when you pay by yourself. I make it six months. Anybody, uh, I don't know what's the sense of that. Anyhow, yeah. Well, because the insurance probably can pay for more intervals of them doing it again and again. That's probably the reason behind it. 
Anyways, yeah. um, continuing off from before we took this break for you to have your teeth removed, um, we were talking about uh, I was returning from Japan to Canada at that point. And we said that that was the point where it led to creating the Pidaba Pissar YouTube videos. So we did discuss how, um, I think we did discuss the origin of it, making those, the first uh, Sen Keresi Bipainjaw video in the backyard of uh, my cousin. And from then on, I had that laptop and we talked about the story of how that spread. So I was, I came back from Japan here and I was lucky. My friends got me a good job as soon as I came back. I was working at a, a construction company's uh, national headquarters here. And uh, it was okay, but things were kind of boring. And this was before we made the YouTube videos. And I decided to just make a leap um, after working there for, I guess, I think I worked there for maybe eight months. And then I decided to say whatever i came back to canada to follow the dream and i crashed on my good friend matt and aaron's couch when they lived in toronto and these were friends i made in comedy school to see if i was living in toronto maybe i was closer to um the entertainment industry and and get something out of there i also was able to get a a job working downtown toronto as an english teacher so i got to continue off what i was doing uh in japan um in downtown Toronto, but that was 2008 when that was, uh, suddenly there was a big recession happened at that point. And they told me that there's no more work at the English school. Um, no one's coming to Canada anymore and, uh, things are done. So then I came back to Grimsby once again. And at that point I was working a minimum wage job at the UPS store doing graphic design. So I was uh, making business cards and brochures for local businesses in Grimsby using my Photoshop skills I got from, I guess, Photoshopping degrees in Japan. <laughs> and uh, I, w I was working there um, accepting packages and whatnot. And I think at that point you were you're still in Port Hope, and ever so often I would go visit you in Port Hope. We would make some videos, and or you would come visit here. I would make some videos, and um, that led to me really saying that okay, I like making videos. How can I make? How can I step things up? to get to the next level and how can I progress from where I am in life right now, working a dead end job. And that's when I decided to apply for uh, the film program at a local university, not too far away here in St. Catharines. And I got in, I got into the film studies program at Brock university and um, which was great. That led to, I also was working for Brock TV, which was like their local access television, which was also digital video and stuff like that, where I got to get practical experience, practical knowledge on how to make better videos and whatnot. And 
and um, get faster at making them. And I met a lot of people through there as well. And I really did enjoy studying film, film theory, learning about psychology, learning about various things, history, all this stuff. I, I enjoyed it. And that was me as an adult. I was in my, I was in my mid-20s going back to school, going to university. So like most of the, most of the other students were much younger than me. But I enjoyed it because I knew exactly what I wanted to get out of the program. Um, I'm, and I remember at that time, I would still visit you at points. And um, well, I finished the degree. It was only three years. I finished the degree in three years. You sound confused. You look confused. What are you trying to? No, I, I remember I am thinking where I saw that. The only thing I remember... You got a job first, uh, when you got a job in uh, that uh, press job or what they call it, print job. I told you better the exercise. I had a beautiful Peugeot uh, racing, uh, racing. I told him, take it and use it for going because it's not far from there, going to work. And you use it only one time or two times, and that's it, no? Because it broke. Oh, it's broke. The bike uh, broke. It was, an, it was a bike from the 70s. Yeah, more, oh no, more 50 or something. It's old. It's a classic. Yeah. Because I bought, well, bought from garage sale $15. Yeah, and it and you it, spend how much to borrow? Well, because you couldn't find tires that would yeah, fit it. It would break. <laughs> and and then after it broke, I took it to a bicycle shop, and they're like, "There's no parts, nothing. This is an antique bicycle." Yeah, it was. So it was it was a disaster having that. <laughs> yeah, because that was before I ha I didn't have a car at that time. Oh, you that's why I confused. I didn't have, have a car. car I didn't have a car. Yeah. That was after oh, you totaled oh. the Civic, and oh. that became an episode. Yeah, I had no car at that time. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, no, not confused. Just I was thinking to um, remember. Yeah, Anyhow. Anyways, um, so yeah, the film degree was great. It was only three years, and I was excited to get a, a, a job in the film industry, and then I was very naive. It's like, okay, now I have qualifications. I'm going to apply for film jobs in Toronto. And believe it or not, I did get a, technically I did get a job right out of, uh, out of my bachelor's degree in the film industry. And that was at, I won't name the name, but it was a, it was basically not Technicolor, the other post-production company that's big and well-known in, in Toronto. It's called Deluxe. It's called Deluxe. It used to be owned by Fox and that's a, it's a worldwide company that does post-production, almost like Kinko's for Hollywood. So they do all the extra stuff for a Hollywood company. Um, and initially I was interviewed for a job I really wanted, and that was to um, basically look for pirated movies, especially movies that leaked before there was a home release and just take information on them. It was basically being a snitch, but you weren't going after them. You were just collecting that information to give to the studios so they could figure out where, at what point did these movies, especially Oscar 
what were they called? Oscar screeners. Oscar screeners are when it's the time of the Oscars, they send out to different um, people that are part of the Academy a copy of these movies that are still in theaters, but in DVD quality so that they can watch them at home and then vote on who they want to win the Oscar. So that place that I was working at, they would create the Oscar screeners to send out to everyone in Hollywood and whatnot. So being able to trace at what point, and it was usually, it was usually UPS or FedEx was at the point where they would get leaked. That was the, that was the initial job I interviewed for. But when I went, when I finally got in to be interviewed, the jobs were already taken, but they offered me a different job. So this was like a bait and switch. And that was called DCP. I was a DCP operator, digital cinema package. So uh, movies that are shown in a movie theater, they are not uh, film. It's not film anymore. It's digital. So what they would do is these, it would be in a hard drive. It would be a hard drive that would have a digital copy of the movie on these hard drives in these metallic plug and play kind of things that server places or the military uses because they can get dropped and nothing will break with them. They're just these solid cases. So my job was I was in this big, well, it wasn't a big room. It was in this like this small little ah, medium sized room. It was like a hallway. And there was many of these machines that looked like almost like toasters. And quality control would give me a copy of a movie that's about to come out in theaters like in a week or two, and usually in two weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. I then have to put it in one machine, and then that machine would hold eight blank hard drives. And then that machine would copy it onto the other hard drives. Mm -hmm. And then I would have to put those copies in all the other machines and then fill them up with blank cassettes and keep copying and duplicating these movies over and over again and then put them in boxes that they were ready to be shipped out to all the movie theaters in Ontario and Canada, in all of Canada. So that was my job. I was the I was the movie man that hmm. that copied the movies together so I could send them to all the movie theaters in Canada so people can watch them. All the big ones, like all the Marvel movies, all the big movies, yeah. any movie you could think of, even the film festival movies, they all went through there. And the worst part of that job was it was graveyard shift. So it was the graveyard shift. It was I night shift, no? All it was the graveyard oh, shift. Oh, graveyard shift. Night shift. Like, I, would yeah. I would start at 11 p.m. and I would finish at 8 a.m. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, but because I was commuting from Grimsby, it would take me like two hours to get there. So I would just wake up, eat something, go to work, and then come back in the morning, go to sleep for a yeah. while. Yeah. And I felt it was going nowhere. Because I didn't see any of my friends. I didn't see yeah. anyone. I yeah. didn't see daylight. Nothing. And it was in the dead of the winter, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was pretty, pretty terrible. Um, I did meet some friends and stuff like that during that time. Well, you were forced to. Like, all, it, I was in a huge building, and maybe there was two other people working in this big building. Yeah. And it was the middle of the night. 
Nothing was open. It was in downtown, no? Downtown Toronto. Near exhibition or something. You told me. Um, as far that as was so while I was working there. First, when I was working there, it was actually near St. Lawrence Market. It was near oh, my college yeah, where yeah, I work yeah, at yeah. now. But then afterwards, they moved the company to. Um, uh, it's called it's called Liberty Village now. Oh. Now it's a nice place, mm-hmm. but that was before it became a nice place. So they knew that they were developing there, oh. so they bought that building there and they moved us all over. It was pretty bad at that time because there was all these like crack houses and meth houses that the city slowly was getting a, getting rid of. Now it's all now it's all brand new, super expensive condominiums and stuff like that. It's called Liberty Village now. I forgot about the car. Which car? You had a car. You bought a car? Or? That was... Um, I forgot. Yeah. So but during that time, I had a I had a really bad Hyundai car that I uh, bought for dirt cheap off Kijiji. It was a Hyundai accident. Uh, uh, it was an accident car that I got for... <laughs> I don't even know how much it was. I think I bought it for $800 or something like that. And... That didn't last too long. That car did not last too long. I think that car just like, it just fell apart. And then um, after that, I got uh, from the junkyard that I got rid of that car. The guy asked me, so you need another car? I have an extra car. I'm like, what? So then he sold, he got, I got for like, I think it was like $2,000. Uh-huh. It was a 1998 Mazda 626. Oh, okay. That like no kilometers on it. Some oh, I oh. called it Granny because it was some some grandmother had it. There was a Barbara Walters biography in the back of it, and uh, one of those like buzzer clickers that if you go to the pharmacy, you know if they're busy, they give you a clicker that you can walk mm-hmm. around the store and it beeps. One of those were in the car, so I got that car, and um, I would use that car to drive from Grimsby to the Burlington Go Station, and then I park it there and then come back. One very, very cold, cold night, I got off work a little bit earlier. I forget why, I think there wasn't any work. And I reached Burlington Station at 6 a.m. It was still dark. And I guess before that, there was a hockey game. There was a Toronto Maple Leafs game that the night before that night. So I guess there was usually here people from Burlington or Oakville, they all take, they just park their car at the station and uh, take the go train into Toronto, go watch a a sports game or a concert, get really drunk, Mm. come back and then drive drunk home to their houses, hoping that they sobered up enough on the train. Mm -hmm. Anyways, this may have been the case because I got after a long night of working all night, I got back to my car in the morning and it was minus 30 degrees Celsius. It was horribly cold. And I get to my car and I see that my car was completely smashed in the front to the point that it looked like a pickup truck must have backed into my car and hit it so hard that it shoved it out of its parking spot. It just pushed it out. And the whole front end was just smashed. I was like, oh my God. I, 
But I thought, okay, I looked around in the parking lot. I was parked right in the prominent front part of it, and there's all these 360 cameras everywhere. I thought, okay, surely I'm okay. They'll spot the people that they have on film, the people that broke my car or whatever. Maybe I'll get a new car out of this or something will happen. <laughs> I go to the ghost station people. I say, look, uh, my car was smashed while I was away for work. They're like, okay, we'll call the police. You have to file a police report and whatever. And I'm like, okay. So I'm standing there in the cold. I go in my car, try to turn it on. I didn't even know if I should turn it on because it might. And then finally some, some police officer comes and he comes in a worse car than me. So I'm like, it didn't even look like a real police car. <laughs> he looked like some sort of meter maid or something. And he's wearing sunglasses and pretending he's all official he looks at the car. He's all like cold, walks around it. And while he was walking around it, he hit his side of his belt and like his utility knife just pops out and falls on the ground. And he looks at me trying to see that I don't think he's an idiot, picks it up. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go back in my car and file a report. You can go back in your car too to stay warm. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he sits in his car, does something. And I tell him like, look, man, there's cameras around here. Can't you just like ask them to get the footage and see who, like, I'm no, I'm no detective. I'm not some CSI agent or anything like that, but there's cameras here. There's a camera. Can they just get the footage from that? And you figure out who smashed my car and we can go from there. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will do that. I will do that. He gave me his business card and he's like, okay, you can, you can call me to follow up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, nothing's going to happen out of this. So at least the Go Train people were nice enough to lend me some duct tape so I could tape the bumper that was half hanging back to my car, and I drove the thing home. And in the end, the police didn't do anything. They said, oh, the cameras weren't working or they weren't running. They said oh, that, and I'm like, great. And uh, it was like, I had to get it fixed because police, like you can't really drive around with a car that's smashed in that much. Yeah. So it ended up costing me after trying to get a deal, it ended up costing me 800 bucks. Yeah, and that was how much I made basically in a yeah. month working there. I remember. I remember. So it was just, it was just terrible. It was just, it, it was terrible. Yeah. And I, I think the, and at that point, uh, we weren't making any YouTube videos because it was impossible yeah. because of my schedule. I wouldn't see anyone. But the lucky part of that was um, the, the the university that I was going to, Brock Alumni Society, they messaged me because it looked good on paper. On LinkedIn and stuff, it looked good. It's like, wow, this guy got a film degree, and he... He 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 uh, got his film degree with distinction, so I had very high marks. It was with distinction. It's one of two people that they put gold tassels around me during my graduation that no one was there to see, except my buddy Craig. He was there, um, and they messaged me and they said, "Do you want to come and talk to the students, so that the students that are ready to graduate?" what they can do to be able to get a successful job mm -hmm. afterwards. And I'm like, this is hilarious. And this was after I got my car smashed in. I didn't tell you about the story that I saw a dead body one time when I was walking home from work because I would walk home mm -hmm. 
from near the St. Lawrence Market, and I would walk to the GO station on Front Street. And I remember at 5 a.m. one time I was walking home, I could see like a homeless guy laying on the sewer grate. I guess they would lay on the sewer grate to stay warm. And when I was walking closer, I'm like, this guy isn't moving. And it's minus like 28 or something. My, my, uh, my mustache was frozen and bleeding from the cold. How the hell is this guy like doing this? And then I also saw there was very few cars driving. I would see a car just like slow down and look at the person in the drive. It's like, shit. I'm like, this is fucked up. And I said, out of like humanity, like uh, to be humane, I need to check on this person. So I went up to the person. Touch him? I said, excuse me, sir. Are uh-huh. you okay? Nothing. Uh-huh. And I went closer up and I saw his face was just... And I, I will never forget this. This is, this is burned into my psyche. Yeah, yeah. His like lips mm-hmm. were all blue and frozen, and it, it was just like this, yeah. this look of misery, frozen in him. And there was he's dead. Yeah, he was dead. So I called nine one one. Oh, yeah, I called nine one one, and in five minutes, a police car was there. And I was like, you guys came so fast after I called 911. Where were you when this guy was still alive? You guys couldn't have done anything? They took my information. They took my statement, what time it was when I found it, and all that. And then uh, basically they said, oh, we know that you're trying to catch your train. We don't want you to stay in the cold. You're, you're free to go. We have your information if we have to ask you any more questions. Really? I didn't know. Yeah, that pretty much traumatized me hardcore. That messed me up. And uh, so after that, um, like I said, then I was able to go to the alumni talk and I talked to the students and I was just honest. There was all these other students and people there that were just making up stuff. I was honest. I said, uh, I don't like, I told them about those experiences. I told them about the experiences I had and I don't know if the professors felt bad for me or they enjoyed the way I was talking because I was the most engaging talking and stuff like that. Because that was always my little knack. We talked about it before. Public speaking is where I shine. Afterwards, they came up to me. The professors came up to me and they like, why won't you apply for your master's degree here? Mm-hmm. Why won't you come back and, and do your master's degree? I said, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know if like I, I can't afford it and all this. They're like, just apply. We're sure that you'll be able to like get a scholarship or whatnot. And I was like, okay, okay. I applied for my master's degree for popular culture. I instantly got accepted and it was fully paid for. I got a full scholarship to it, which was a godsend. Yeah. That got me out of that dead end job. And it was really affecting me. Like you were talking about before when you worked at Firestone. Yeah. Working the third shift, working the graveyard shift, it messes with your mind because you don't see reality. You're living in like the shade. You're like the part of the underworld. And all you see, the only people that are awake at night are all the mentally ill street people, people on drugs. Yeah. And just just messed up stuff, and that's you just you feel like you're not part of society yeah. whatsoever. So I was lucky at that point. I got to go and 
do my master's degree and I loved it. I love, I love studying. I love academia. I love learning new things. It was great for me. I enjoyed doing that. Um, and it was just inspiring to just get back into stuff. And I wrote my master's degree on our YouTube videos, our experience making YouTube videos. That's what was, that's what I was accepted on because you had to write your proposal, what you want to write your thesis on. Huh. I wrote it on uh, online communities and YouTube and whatnot and just about her experience. And that instantly got me that that scholarship and everything. It was, it, it was like it was all connected to each other. So during that time, though, near, my, near the end of the master's degree, um, I remember I was getting some messages from you saying that, like, I think when I finished my exam, you asked me if I could show up and come by, visit you in Port Hope. And I thought it was a celebration because I, I finished my, I think I finished my second year of the master's degree. And um, so I came there, we were all celebrating. And you lay down on me, you told me that, okay, tomorrow morning, you have to go to court because you're being evicted. Oh, and yeah. that was a shock to me because I didn't know what was going on up to that point. I thought you would just invite me over to celebrate because I finished my first year of my master's degree. And can you tell us a little bit more about that situation, that ev the eviction? Yeah, that's why I went before that to Iran and came back. I, the landlord took two of my car and dumped it, and he refused to tell me he did it. I went to inquiry and find out he did it. So you always had a feud with the landlord yeah, yeah, yeah. of your building. And that started from there, there. And then another time in library, he came and he told me, if you are not doing that, and you put your clothes there or you junk there, uh, I got uh, to, uh, I take you out, you got to be out. I send you out and I say, but uh, you cannot do anything uh, and get out. And then he... So he was upset because of all the stuff you had outside your door? Not really that. He was, uh, yes, but he was there because I, I had a party always there. Maybe the neighbor downstairs, they say something about that. And he was, he wanted, now I find out really, he wanted to, uh, rented more. Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, really uh, that. So the yeah, same thing was yeah, happening yeah, in Toronto. Uh, he was gentrifying yeah, the area. Yeah, yeah. Then, he wanted to sell it. He wanted to get rid of you so he could charge higher rent by turning over, by renovating everything and making it nicer for higher paying people. That's what's going on everywhere. And he once said, he told me, if you want, you, I can give you another place. He got many buildings. And I go there, but that was terrible area and bad. 
I say no. Yeah, so he was he was gentrifying. Yeah, yeah. He was gentrifying his building. That yeah, means he's trying to get yeah, rid of all the yeah. low rent. Yeah, the low people rent. that exactly. are have rent control. Yes. So it's fixed pricing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted to get rid of those yeah. people, renovate mm. it because it was a nice area. Renovate it and Best. charge it to yeah. charge more to people who have more money. Yes, and he did that. From that time, that took a long time. You remember that time when you came? There was many. The man, there was many yeah, moments man. that he led up to that another, time. They never uh, refused. After that, they gave me more time to find the. Place. They kept extending the yeah, time extending. to that. And then after that, I remember you did live at a bunch of different places. You Man. lived at that. You lived at some um, some uh, some uh, big, nice. Place. There was a nice place. Yeah. Where was that in Coburg or where was no, that no, exactly? No. That was it still was in Port Hope. Far from um, far from north of Port Hope, but nice place in. Out of it's on the outskirts. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, in like nice. the area where all, all the farm farmland yeah. was, and farmland like, and that area was the rich people from Toronto or this guy. Yeah, and that lady's husband, her husband was died, and he was a big shot, and but he wanted some help, money helping. You were like a boarder. Yeah, border. at that place. And then I think eventually she sold that place, yeah, right? Yeah, she sold it. On and and that was then you lived. Did you after that were you at the Ganaraska? Where when you were at the no, Guinea? No, there's, uh, I went to uh, Glen that place. Uh, yeah, place. you know that. So you, okay, let's go in the order. Explain. Let's yeah, go in the order. order. So because first you the, live after exactly. the eviction. You lived on Glen. Glen. So Glen. No, I live in. Uh, I don't want to say her name. Uh, that actor and that he she was working as an extra and she took me was that first that was before glenn or after glenn? no 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 before glenn before glenn first it was it yeah, was your, uh, that big uh, the nice house yeah that, so if you saw the pedava pesar video yeah. house sitting yeah were in that house yeah. at that time exactly so bubba was living there and that was nice that was definitely a huge step up bubba was boarding there we were able to go there all the time yeah. film stuff it was it was very chill yeah. they had that nice german shepherd dog yes yes it was yeah. it was very nice i know there is this in bar Omar yes i think we filmed a couple of stuff there. yeah we filmed a couple of stuff there so after that, though, then you, she had to sell the place because she, she couldn't afford it anymore, no, right? No, no. Yeah, it was a huge, it was huge. a huge compound that she could not. That's why she had you boarding. So she she sold that. That's when then you lived on Glenn's property. Yeah, and wanted I move to uh, with her. She bought a house in another uh, town. I know that wanted time. you to come yeah. and board with board you, but you want to stay I, in Port I Hope. Port Hope yeah. Right. So then after that, Baba stayed with um, with Glenn. Glenn, uh, Baba mm. met Glenn through uh, Greenwood, right? Yeah, was Greenwood. Greenwood um, Glenn was yeah. Glenn was such. He was a very very yeah. nice person. He, uh, rest his soul. He passed away a few years ago, and um, Glenn was very misunderstood. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, you saw the movie when they make when he was young. Yeah, were, he was. There was a there was a movie documentary made genius. about when he, he played. Was he he was a musical genius. Yeah, I 
I, on, I honestly think he had, he was on the spectrum of autism. I believe he had mm. autism. Yes. He had oh, autism. Nobody he, knows. <laughs> no, that's all yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. misdiagnosed. Yeah. He wasn't diagnosed for anything. He was autistic. He he lived on this like property that he inherited and yeah. it 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 just it was like a junkyard. He just collected yeah. junk like cars. There was broken cars everywhere and and junk and stuff like that. The house was full. And what happened to Glenn was Glenn lived with his mother, mother yeah. and his mother passed away in the living room of yeah. that house. Still, and uh, he didn't touch it yeah, since they yeah, took away exactly. the grandmother. And from what my understanding was from talking to Glenn, because Glenn was a, Glenn was a, a I guess a cross dresser yeah, or a, a, a transgender. Nobody, now yeah. people say it's transgender, I believe. Oh. And when I talked to him, because no one talked to him, no one would take him seriously. No one could understand what he's saying yeah, too, because yeah, he didn't have teeth or anything like that. Yeah, he told me that because he was so alone after his mother mother died, and that was the only person he communicated with. He started dressing in his slowly started dressing in his mother's clothing, just like Norman Bates from Psycho. Exactly. And it was exactly like yeah. the movie yeah. Psycho. Exactly. It was exactly like the movie Psycho. He would dress up as his mother because he was so lonely. And like he said afterwards, now when he dresses up, he's either his mother, he's his girlfriend, and at times he's his imaginary daughter. Yeah, yeah. But when you talk to him, he was fine. He did see e aliens. He would say that he was looking at aliens and start running around and saying yeah, that they, the aliens it. are coming to take yeah, him away. Yes, yeah. But he was happy about it. But it's scary that, like, I don't know if that was him understanding that, like, he had stomach cancer and he was going away. So you lived on Glenn's property. There was, a like, a camper or something like camper. that? I got a there was no electricity there was no running. Was there no, electric? No. There was no water. It was electric. No water. There was no water. So you went and washed yourself and did everything in, in the everything river. In, yeah. in the in the river. Yeah. And Glenn Glenn was a he was a sweet soul. He was such a nice really? person. Yeah. I remember even he helped everybody. I remember even I was I guess I was going to visit my cousin in Ottawa. I was going to Ottawa and then I stopped in Port Hope, right at the the oh. Independent Plaza, and that yeah. was a that was the last time I saw Glenn and I took a photo of it too. I believe it's on Instagram. It was you and Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. He came, he drove you to the stop so I could stop by and yes. Glenn told me he's dying of stomach cancer and he's going to die. He's like, I I'm going to die. This is the last time you're going to see me. And he gave me like a tall can of beer he was saying, like, this one's for the road. This one's for the road. This one's for the road. Yeah. I mean, and that was hard because, like, I kept saying, no, Glenn, there's lots of stuff. Like, they can, if you go get treatment or whatever. He's like, no, I'm going to die. This yeah. is it. Yeah. This this is it. Just, I'm here to say goodbye to you. And mm, yes, he was right. He passed away, yeah. what, like a week after yeah. that? Yeah. He passed away a week after that. Yeah, we went together. Yeah, we went to his funeral yeah. together, and it was, it was strange because, it looked like they. He was a tall guy. I don't know. They. It was yeah. an open. It was an open casket wedding, and I don't like open casket weddings at all. I don't even understand what's the point of those things. It's bizarre, because he did not look like Glenn. They had him. 
they shrink. had a, he yeah he shrunk down no, i don't know if they did something the to fit him in the, <laughs> and uh he was wearing a suit and they yeah. made him he looked like it didn't look like Glenn. No, not at all. And that we knew Glenn very long time. We knew what his lifestyle was. We knew who he was, how, what he identified with. The slideshow, nothing. Nothing, nothing but showed. people. Lots Everyone, of yeah, there was full of people. Of it was full of people. But no, nothing was showing him comfortable in how he enjoyed no, to no. present himself. Yeah. So it was kind of strange. We just went in there. We saw the people. We saw the people there, and uh, we were we left. Yeah, yeah, we left. After Glenn, then you lived in the last place you lived in. What well, went after Glenn was the Ganaraska? Ganaraska. Yeah. Last yeah. one is. Yeah, the last one was the last one yeah, of Fort So the Ganaraska. Tell us, the Ganaraska is. Oh God! That's... It was a. It was like you a, never a, came. I, yeah, I never came to that one. That was a Time. motel. On old time, old old motel on top of a bar, right? It was on top of a bar that that bar was also a a venue for musicians. So all these rock musicians were coming all over America. Come over at then every weekend and plays drum and all my. I'm on the top of that. <laughs> One time it was a bathtub there, not bathtub, it was some water there for washing, and I pissed there too. And <laughs> at night, suddenly the owner came and knocked the door and said, What you are doing? Is uh, all the water come on the top of the musicians? Musician, everything. I said, oh, I never did anything. I never did. You flooded the and, stage. And they check it was broken because it's old. Who was that uh, mafia before that in a state in uh, this thing, uh, selling uh, booze or everything? It's Al Capone? Al Capone. Al Capone used to uh, smuggle everything f- f- from... Uh, Probably from say, the port. Yeah. Yeah. Port. So probably Seagram's. Of, yeah. Seagram's yeah, whiskey and stuff like say, that was from the port. It's very old in this thing. It's, yeah. Uh, port Hope is uh, ancient. It's, yeah. It's old. The, That's why it's like a heritage area. Yeah. Heritage. And, and Port Hope's yeah, where they filmed the movie It. So right after Baba left, yeah. <laughs> they filmed the movie It yeah. literally on the street. That it's uh, interesting. There I met the many people all oldie oldie and all over. They it's it was cheap because I pay three hundred dollar for everything. One a small room like a jail, exactly like a jail. But with but, better plum, uh, jail had better plumbing, probably. Yeah, better, better service, everything. But over there, but I was mostly morning. I go to library. Yeah, and I used to come visit a friend. Yeah, just for that. It was just like a base, yeah, just kind of thing. And then I try, uh, all my friends, ladies' friend, uh, find me that uh, route. Yeah, yeah, that was was the last place Baba was at, and that was the place when I would visit you, you I started to feel very bad and worried that um, it wasn't exactly the most, um, 
compare well i didn't see what the ganaraska it was probably better yeah. than the ganaraska or much same better. level it was better than the, much better but when i went and i visited you there was some yeah there was people there they were they were nice people um yeah and he, she was now our yeah. time though yes yesterday i talked with the uh, that gentleman sitting there and he told me i didn't know that lady gave everything to that house to die to that guy, guy because he he take care of him he was body body bodyguard he was protecting her protecting, and taking care of that house uh, and stuff like that he was a great guy he was a friend yeah he was a really nice guy nice um, guy what uh, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, Steve, uh, yeah, Steve the Great. He was beautiful. He is uh, still my best, like my son, like you, for me, like you, because he is honest. He's great guy. He's great. Um, and he, he gave. You met him, her, but she was got no children. Husband died. The only thing she gave me for my. Uh, what they call for Christmas. Mm -hmm. That time I was surprised. He gave me, gave me uh, the denture of his uh, husband. Her dead husband's dentures. Still I got that. Didn't she buy, she bought me a, a t-shirt. Maybe, A yeah, Beatles yeah, t-shirt. Was yeah, that for my birthday or for Christmas? Yeah, I think Christmas all together. Yeah. Buy, uh, she, she buy everything and she goes to... And yeah, oh. always accident. She got an accident, and everybody charged you. He ki she killed two times uh, her pet dog. She you ran know, over yeah, her pet dog. Over, yeah, yeah. Dog. Ruth, Ruth, um, Ruth was very God bless. She was. Uh, is she still so, alive? Uh, no, died. She died. Yeah. How yeah, long yeah. ago did Ruth die? I think a year or something like that. I didn't know that. Now I find out because. Ruth, Ruth was quite a character. The yeah, first time yeah. I met her, she immediately told me that <laughs> she was um, she was raped by her father. Yeah, they, she and did say, she have a child? Uh, no, she she thinks is she thought his brother is 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 his child. Her daughter. Yeah, yeah that's what she's child. son. Her son. son. She thought that her brother her was her bigger than his huge guy. Yeah, on. yeah, and it was yeah. it just it she was kind of awkward because she would just say these very personal things immediately, like all every traumatic moment that happened in her life. That was the first thing she said to me. Just yeah. like let it all out on the yeah. table, and I'm I was like, oh, okay. I mean, she sem seemed okay about it. Good for her that she was comfortable to talk about these things. Every night she used to drink lots, yeah, and uh, even a smoke, yeah, and then uh, drown in her uh, uh, the, uh, vomit, vomit, and uh, did with dog leaking. There yeah, I remember. And the mouse. Uh, yeah, you, that was the scene yeah, where you, I knew that I had to get you out of there. Yes, because I remember yeah. one Foster. time I showed up and she was passed out on the floor in the living room in her own filth. There yeah. was dogs running around, and then I saw a dog playing with it. There was a dog playing with a giant dead rat by her head, and I I've never seen. I was never exposed to any sort of life like that. That was really really. It was. 
I was like, okay, I can't let my dad uh, go out yeah. here like that. And guess what? That by chance I came from upstairs, was clean, nice there. Another guy, interesting yeah, guy. Yeah, that was, guy. That the guy was there. He was a half native of our I, I think a lot of the she guys, was a guy. lot of the folks that were in that house, they yeah. had, it was probably difficult for them to get rent or work at different places yeah, because they, they had records, yeah, right? Yeah, they had, but they were not really records. They were uh, some kind, yeah, they got records now, but... Uh, they were beautiful people. Uh, even uh, the, the this lady, uh, Ruth was beautiful. Inside was beautiful, but it was that used to that. Uh, um, uh, Steve used to every night do the same thing, wash him, put it, uh, hold this uh, owner lady uh, Ruth and put it in. Uh, put her in bed. bed and, uh, uh, he was taking care of her. Yes, yes. He was taking care he of her. He had a mother, everything, many sisters I know from childhood. I know the sister. They, we were neighbors. But he was very good. I uh, loved the family of uh, Steve. I loved them. Anyhow, you've been, uh, you better explain when you've been contacting with me there. Especially something else you did. You saw me there. and oh. I saw you there, and I thought that, okay, maybe it would be better to bring you back to Grimsby at that point. I had something because upstairs it was toilet, and I cannot use it because he yeah. told me, she told me, don't use it. The washroom, none of the washrooms worked in that house. I, I used to go to a cemetery nearby. It was a big uh, cemetery, and I went there, and it was water there. I used to go side of cemetery and do my job, even wash myself. Yeah, there. yeah, they did not have good plumbing. No. I don't know what the other people would do. How, uh, how, what were they doing? I don't know if they work. Or, oh, they were downstairs. They had uh, something better, you know. It was better, yeah. but I didn't see their like. No, it was their, not clean. Their it was so shower bad. and bathtub did not no, work, no, so no. it was just like toilet. So I don't know what they would do. I guess you like you never have, sleep. Yeah, one time yeah, I slept yeah, once yeah, upstairs, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was something Lot else. Most everywhere. Yeah, I could tell that yeah. the the place was overrun. It was yeah, decrepit. Yeah, it was falling apart. Yeah. And you were washing yourself and using the water at the cemetery. That or was dry washing. I got my... Uh, you had the library, military, right? Yeah, and you had the uh, library to go uh, and, yeah. and do your... Uh, or sometimes friend, my lady's friend, I go sometimes. I can't handle that. In summertime, it was summer, mostly in a lake. At yeah. night, I go, uh, what they call uh, skin, naked skin. You went skinny dipping. Yeah, I also. Anyways, that was the point. There was other things that happened to where there was other things that happened that I felt that you were in a vulnerable yeah. state that I felt that it was better to bring you yeah. back home. Um, yes, yes. I wanted to go. Yeah, I was really burned out there. I couldn't. It was becoming difficult because you're older and it's not yeah, so much you can continue doing this like 
camping outback life. Yes. Oh, I and, know. and I felt that there was just these things that were happening that you're a little bit more vulnerable you and I thought it wasn't good. Within one second, without even one day. Oh, it scared the shit yeah. out of me. This What I yeah. saw there, I was like, oh my God. I couldn't live with myself yeah. if you, that was the end. If that was the end for you, yeah. that my dad passed away in his own filth in this like overrun not my up. own filth. Their their filth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I wouldn't have been able. I was was not able to concentrate on my schoolwork, knowing yeah, that you were living living in that condition. It was very bad. Yeah, it was very bad. So we brought you back home, and and that was what? How many? Seventeen years since you weren't in this house. How many years was it since you lived here? How long was that? Leave this house yeah. or live with uh, 19 no. years? 19 years yeah, you haven't yeah, been yeah, in this yeah, house. Yeah. And then you came back. Came back, yeah. Now I got to uh, live 19 years here and then die. But now um, 15 years more. You got 15 more years. If, yeah, yeah. You got 15 more years. With well, the new teeth. Maybe more, yeah. Now that you got new teeth. Yeah. <laughs> maybe more. Maybe we can get you some more parts. We'll replace all your yeah, parts and, yeah. and get you good. Don't scare me because I feel some pain. Just now I visit my old friend and he changed the knee or... Yeah, okay. I think that's... I think you're getting close to once once you're no, 80, that's I'm when you get the... I'm going now exercise yoga every day, son. I go at 6 o'clock in the beach. Now everybody come and help me uh, yoga. I do yoga do the on the to rock. Mm -hmm. On the rock. And today I did the best. Even they come and look at me like I was uh, giving show to them. But anyhow, I, I'm happy to talk to the bird and everything. Well, Bob, no, I'm well, okay. Well, Thank you, son. Well, Thank you. And that that brought us all up to date into what has a, 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 that that comes up to now to present yeah. day. We we're all caught up, and Baba, you will live a long, prosperous life. And um, next podcast, we can continue talking. Now we're in present day, so we can talk about yes, present yes. time. Thank oh, you yeah. very much. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap of episode eight of the Pidava Pissar podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a rating and a review. We much appreciate that. Thank you very much for listening. Take care.